book of Proverbs, chapter 1. The book of Proverbs, chapter 1, and we'll begin reading in verse 8. When you got it, say so. It says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Father, we thank you this day for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we thank you for moms who you have equipped, who you have given wisdom to, moms who you have appointed to lead and guide, to help build up. And help us to become the people that we have been called to be, Lord. I pray this day, Lord, as I know that Mother's Day for many is a happy day. For some, it is a sad day. And so I just pray that you would comfort the brokenhearted, comfort the hurting in this moment. Strengthen them, those that are mourning the loss of a mother, those that are not happy on this day, those who didn't have good experiences growing up. Lord, give them comfort, give them strength. Father, for those that are rejoicing today, Lord God, and in this place, Lord God, just continue to be with them as well. In this message, Lord, may you speak to our hearts, not just to the moms, but to all of us. But I pray a particular word for your moms, Lord God, that they would hear your voice unto them in a special way, that their faith would be built and challenged, and that you would equip us better Lord God, as a people, to follow after you in your wisdom. Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' strong name, and everyone said, amen. amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you don't have an outline, raise your hand, and the ushers will be sure to get you an outline. Just keep it up. A couple of things there in the outline. There are questions there. We always want you to follow along in the introduction of the message, but uh, we there's questions there at the end for you to think about. There's also a couple of QR codes there inside of the outline, and one of those QR codes is for prayer. If you need prayer, sometimes you don't come forward for prayer because of whatever the reason is. You may forget sometime during the week. You may may have um, a need of prayer, uh, that QR code works anytime you scan it. Amen? Amen. So you can go ahead and, and scan that, and anytime let us know if you need prayer. Also, if you're a first-time guest with us, you may not like to write or whatever the case is, you can also scan that QR code, and you can fill out the guest information uh, stuff there, and so we appreciate that. And so in your outline here, if we go to the uh, intro of the outline, more than anything else, a mother should be concerned with passing on truth that will develop the faith of their children. Can I get an amen from the moms? More than anything else, more than anything else, moms in the room, uh, more than anything else, the most important thing you want to pass on to your children is truth that will develop their faith, that will make them know who God is. Because listen, you can teach your kids to say, excuse me, you can teach your kids to be, um, you know, gentlemen and, you know, your sons, you can teach them to be gentlemen, hold the door open for women. You can teach them manners. You can teach them all kind of good stuff. And that does not mean that they're going to be good people. Hello. But the beauty of this is that if you teach them to fear the Lord, if you teach them who God is, you will have pointed them to the one that will guarantee all that other stuff will fall into line. 
And so the most important thing that I would say is for us of people of faith is that we, that for moms in, in particular, is that they're passing on truth that will develop the faith of their children. And for those that are married, this should be a partnership between husband and wife, mom and dad. And wives or moms should not view their role as less important in the partnership. Amen? It's not only on dad to, to develop faith in the kids. It's not only on dad to preach to the kids. It's not only on dad to instill and instruct and direct the children in the things of the Lord. It is on both parents that are in the home in the ideal situation for them to be partners and the developing of the faith of their children. Their marriage should exemplify that faith. The way they communicate one another should exemplify the faith that they proclaim, right? This is the ideal scenario. Now, we might have, we have single moms, single dads in this room, but, 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 but in the ideal situation, we should see that. So for those that are single moms, you shouldn't feel any, any, any kind of way because God has anointed you in order to instill faith. Now, we as the men of God should come around you and, and help you in the building up of the faith of your children as well. Amen? And so it's important for us, that for the moms, to think about that, right? This is a, a, a group effort. Just as God commands children to honor both father and mother, so God commends both parents to the job of discipling their children, discipling their children or developing the faith of their children. So again, it's not for one person in the, in the parenting arena to, to build the faith. It's a partnership that should be occurring that we are in agreement. That's the reason why whenever we're thinking about marriage, just uh, as a side note, you know, when you're thinking about marriage, for those who are not married yet, don't be unequally yoked. You know, we, some people get, get, get upset. They look at the Bible and they, and they look at, you know, they, they, they try to point out things in there, right? Like Old Testament stuff, like where God says that Israel should not intermarry. And then, you know, people take that to like this different level where like, oh, God doesn't want Jews to be with other people because of race. It ain't got nothing to do with race. It has to do with worship. God doesn't care about the person's race. He cares about the gods that they worship. And when you intermarry, what happens is you become unequally yoked. It's not because you married somebody of a different ethnicity. It's because like Solomon, the writer of this book, by the way, hello, <laughs> the, the man who is wiser than anyone that we know, and yet he was such a fool, hello, he married all of these women, and so many of them had different gods. And, and toward the end of his life, he began to worship other gods. The wisest man on the planet didn't grasp this one concept that was so very important. But that's just an aside. That's not the Mother's Day message. Hello. That's just for you to understand the truth that, that God, God is concerned about our worship. And if you are unequally yoked with someone, you are going to be pulling in different directions because dad is going to be concerned about faith, mom is not, or vice versa, right? They're going to be concerned about raising their kids to know who God is. And so we want to be sure that we're doing this the biblical way. We want to do what God has called us to do, which is to lead our family. So moms, here's the thing, and I want you to think about this this morning. A mom living her faith will translate into many teaching moments. A mom living her faith will translate into many teaching moments. When you are living your faith, your kids are going to see that. 
When you are living what you believe, your kids are going to see that. When you're suffering, your kids are going to see that, and they're going to see how you're going to deal with scenarios. When you're going through hardship, your kids are going to see what's going on. The things you rejoice in, your kids are going to see that. The things you enjoy, your kids are going to see that, and it is going to create teachable moments. Moments that you can instill faith in them. Moments that you can instruct them in the ways of the Lord. So the first thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, teaching moments are more than just good advice. Teaching moments are more than just good advice. It's more than just life lessons, right? According, I, I, when, when, when you look at the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is all about what? It's all about wisdom. It's, it's God inspiring Solomon, who is the writer of most, if not all, of the, book of, of the book of Proverbs. He's inspired him to write down these sayings that are to make one wise for living, right? And so you look there, there's a lot of practical stuff. We'll look at some of these practical things that are written out here. And yet, what I want you to know is that teaching moments in our lives are not just for good advice, they're not just for us to tell our, our kids how to live life better. We're, we're supposed to be pointing them to the words of life. We are, we're not just imparting to them, you know, good counsel, but we're pointing them to the counselor, right? Like, like that's what should be happening with this. And it's true. God's word is good advice, but it's more than just good advice. It's the best advice. And it's more than the best advice. It is not just, again, words for life. God's word are the words of life. God's words are the words of life. Teaching moments have the capacity to instill faith, marking the walk of our children, hear me, eternally. What was the word that we used earlier about Israel and the covenant? Everlasting. Eternal, right? Ongoing. The words that you communicate as a mom have the ability, have the capacity to instill faith and mark the lives of your children for all of eternity. Let me throw this in there, whether bad or good. And so we have a, you as, as moms, you have a great responsibility. See, here's the thing. When we understand the power of God's word and instruct our children in the way they should go, practical advice can become the difference between a life of honor and one of dishonor, a life enjoyed or a life of drudgery. Are you hearing me? The advice that we give, look, think, think, look, look at what, what, what the writer says. He says this. He says, my son, verse 8, hear the instruction of your father. Hear, hear his instruction and do not forsake or do not reject the law of your mother. I like the fact that God inspired him to use the word law here, which is the word Torah, which is where we get the, the word Torah from, which is the teaching all of the Old Testament, which again, moms, it lets you know that your teaching should be rooted in something. Thing, and that is God's laws, not traditions of men, not even traditions of families, but it should be rooted in the laws of God, and you should be being used by God in order to instill faith and to direct them. But he goes on and he says this, for they, he's telling this son, he's talking to his son, 
He's telling son, hear the instruction of your, of your father and do not forsake the law. Do not reject the teaching of your mother, verse 9, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Now, I don't want to dig into this deeply, but what I want to point out here is he's, when people had these things on their head and, the, and, and necklaces, those were things of honor in that culture and in that time. And so they were honorable people. And what he's saying is if you, if you obey the instruction of your father, if you follow the teaching of your mother, if you do that, you're going to walk around and you're going to be a person of honor. How many of you want your kids to be people of honor? How many of you want your kids to live a life that is filled with joy, that is filled with peace, that is filled with the fullness of God? Anybody want that for their kids? Well, if you want that for your kids, then we have to teach them everything rooted in the scriptures. And, and here's the thing. That's not being, and we're going to get to this in my next one. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. That's not being narrow-minded. That's us being wise. That's, a, that, that, that's not us thinking too close-mindedly. That's us being wise. That's us thinking in the ways that we should. And so we should be teaching our kids these things. We want our kids to enjoy their life. We want our kids to live a life of honor, not of dishonor. The second thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is to say teaching moments. Prepare our children to overcome temptation. You think your kids are being tempted today? Let me ask you a question. Were you tempted when you were a kid? Let me ask you a question. Are you being tempted today? Of course you are. We're, temptation is all around us, right? So what does he go on to say? So, so he goes on, he says, my son, verse 10, he said, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us. Let us lay in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and, and whole like those who go down to the pit. No, 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 notice what the writer is saying. He's saying that people, that, 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 and these sinners, these are ungodly people, that this ungodly gang of people that are enticing him, this son, to go out there, they, they, they're actually playing the role of hell. Hello? That's what they're doing. They're playing the role of hell out here in the culture in which they find themselves. He says, you know, they go on to say, we shall find all kinds of precious possessions making false promises. We shall fill our house with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Come on, man, do it with us. Let us all have one purse. Let us all be together. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Listen to this. Surely, in vain, the net is spread in the sight of any bird. What's the point of that verse there really quick? So what he's saying is, if you, if you want to catch a bird, right, or, or an animal, and you're going to set a trap for them, you shouldn't do it when they can see you. I'll tell, I'll tell you this one really cool experience. Some of you may think this is disgusting, but I think it's a pretty cool experience. So my, my daughter, you know, she's in South Africa, and so they have, they're doing this one uh, trip, and, they're, and, 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 and part of the trip, they are, they're, they're at an animal reserve. And so there was one point during the, during the one of, I think it was the second day that they were there, they were trying to track the cheetahs. So they needed to attract the cheetahs to come to the cameras. And the only way that they would do that is with an antelope carpus, um, carcass, carpus. 
So the so 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 they so Alexis had the the privilege to be part of cutting open this 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 antelope. Hallelujah. <laughs> cutting it up and all that. But here's here's the thing. If the cheetah smells the human scent, they will not come near the carcass. So what do you think they have to do in order to ensure they don't smell the human scent? They have to rub the guts all over their hands. Ooh, so good. <laughs> so what's the point, right? The point is the cheetah is smart enough to know, hold on a second, that carcass looks good, but I smell something funny. Same thing with the bird, right? I'm not going to go into, I saw, they're, they're, putting this, they're putting this stuff out here. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I'm going to go do this. But check this out. Look at this. Surely in vain, the net is spread in sight of any bird, but they, listen to this, lie in wait for their own blood. Hello. In other words, these fools are not even as smart as a bird. Hello. They, they're, they're literally setting their own trap for themselves, and they don't even realize it. That's the foolishness that this world operates in. Oh, we're going to do this. This is going to be great. That's going to be wonderful. Forget about church, right? Like, all, like, these are all the things that happen. Forget about God. Forget about his morals. Forget about his purposes. Life is going to be great apart from him. Forget all that religious stuff. Forget about that, that organized religion thing. Let's live our life. Let's, this creator God, he, he put these desires in us, so they must be good. Let's live to the full. Yeah, you a fool. And so they don't, but, but, but the bird would have noticed that the trap is being set, but they're literally setting their own trap. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. According to the Apostle John, I need you to understand this in, in the context today, because you may think, well, we're not dealing with that exact specific situation. The point is evil. It's, a, it's not somebody waiting to rob someone. That, that, that's not the only sin in the world, right? There, there's plenty of other sins of being deceitful, being dishonest, right? And so, again, according to the Apostle John, 1 John, he tells us that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Not some of the world, the whole world. The whole world system in which we live lies under the sway of the wicked one. My friends, our world is demonically influenced on every single front. That's the reason why we need to be the church. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing in this place today. Y'all are way quiet for me. Like, you don't believe this. Like, this is not true stuff. Like, we live in a world that is under the sway, under the direction of Satan. We, we, we don't think that this is true. This is true. This is New Testament. This is after the cross that John is saying this. Come on, y'all. This is, this is a reality that, that, that and we're, we're talking about our children, right? We're talking about moms. In this world, you have to understand this. Our children are being targeted from the womb to college campuses by an enemy that is a liar who seeks to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And moms, I want you to know something. You are vital to ensuring your children are ready to face the enticements of the world. As, as a mom, right, and again, I'm dads, I, you obviously know that you're part of this conversation. But today's Mother's Day, so I want to talk to the moms specifically. I, I want moms to know that you are vital in ensuring that your children are prepared for the temptations that are out there, the enticements. 
It's funny because when I looked up this word enticement, right, verse 10, my son, if sinners entice you, I looked up the word enticement. And you know, and, and you know what the word means in its original? I, I was shocked by this, right, because I was expecting that it was just going to jump out the rip if they, if they tempt you. But here, here, here's what it says. This, this is the definition. It actually means to be spacious, to be open, to be wide. And I was like, huh. And then you see another, another highlight there, right? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just jumping on the highlights here. To be open-minded, to be simple, to be naive. As, as I was thinking about this, I'm thinking about the world in which we live. What does the world in which we live tell you Christians, you Christians in this room? What does the world tell you? Oh, you can't be closed-minded. You, you, you're too narrow-minded in the way that you think. And so the world is telling you, you got to open your mind, right? Come on, y'all. Oh, you were raised in church. you got to open. There, there, there's more truth out there. Is there? See, here's what I realize is that in order for you to be open-minded, you have to be a fool. Oh, y'all. In order for you to be open-minded, you have to be a fool. Why is that? Because what you are doing is you are being naive to the truth of evil that is out there. You are saying these things that, that, that are, listen, it's, it's like going, going into a school and saying, hey, man, what is two plus two? And, and you say, well, it's six. No, it's not six. Oh, you, you just got to be open-minded. You just, you just got to be open-minded. Okay, so, so here's the thing. I remember, I remember one day we were, we were um, framing a house, and we were framing this house. As we are framing this house, they gave me the, 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 the measurements, and they told me that I had to measure these boards. So I was down there. I had to cut like 12 boards for a wall. It was a two-story. They didn't want to be running up and down the ladder. And so they're like, hey, here's the measurement. So I cut all these two-by-fours. I was like, zing, zing, zing. Yeah, I got it all done. I'm excited because I'm like, yo, I got this thing. I, th I throw these boards up there like a champ, and they're, they're catching them. They put them down, and all of a sudden, they're like, hey, what did you measure these things at? And I'm like, I look down. I say, well, you said this was the measurement. And they're like, no, no, that wasn't the measurement. Now, I don't know who messed up. The point is, guys, you just got to be open-minded. I know there's six inches missing. But really, really, that, that connects. Like, like that, that's really connected, right? And, and when a hurricane comes, it's not going to have any bearing on the walls. But that is what our world wants you to do. Our world wants you to become a fool in order to be open-minded. My son, when sinners entice you, when the world says, hey, open your mind, say, shut your mouth. <laughs> Satan, get behind me. Those are lies. There is, oh, I got three claps. These are, these, are, these are lies from the enemy to deceive us. And so, for us, what does Jesus say? Jesus says something pretty clear. He says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, he says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. Listen, you want to be open-minded? You're going to go to the way of destruction. I'm just saying, this is not me. This is Jesus' words. You can take them. You can like them, whatever. Verse 14, because narrow is the gate. Here it is. And difficult is the way. See, the problem is we want the easy way. We don't want to deny our flesh. We don't want to deny our desires, Right? Now, moms, this is for you. You, you. I hope you're taking notes because you need to understand your children that you're, you're di they, they, they don't want the easy way. I mean, they don't want the hard way. They, 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 they want to go, the, go the easy route. 
See, here's the thing. Teaching moments should include practical truth that paints a clear picture of the consequences. We're going to see more consequences in a moment as we continue in this passage. The consequences for being foolish, for listening to the evil of our world. And, 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 we, and we and you moms need to help your children address the issues of their hearts. And what does that mean? Well, in one practical way, as I was thinking about this, we have to create spaces in our homes and in our gatherings that offer opportunity for doubts about God. And scripture, so they can be addressed. Because you know what? The enemy has a seat at the table that is wide open waiting for them to come and answer all their doubts, to come and answer all of their questions. So moms, don't just put it on dad. Don't just hope that dad has the answers. Don't just hope that Bishop has the answers. Don't just hope that Pastor Aldo has the answers. Don't just hope that the most spiritual person you know has the answers. Moms. You need to be equipped with truth to help your kids navigate. Because the one thing that I know for sure, being a dad of a 21-year-old and, and, even, and even a 9-year-old, there are some things kids want to talk to mom about, not dad. Some things they're willing to be a little bit more open. And dads, that means that we need to figure out why that is. Hello. It could be the face you're making, glory to God. It could be that, you, that, that, that you're not welcoming, you're not inviting to the conversation. It could be, I, I'm talking about me, right, because ain't none of y'all, all y'all got, you know, pretty happy, welcoming dads. But, but nonetheless, you know, it could be the fact that when they ask you a question, you're like, what? What, 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 what do you say? I ain't got time for that stupidity, right? Could be that. Could be that. Could be that. But, that, but this is about moms today. This is about moms. <laughs> The truth is, we have to be able to answer the questions because kids have questions. And the enemy wants to deceive them. And many times it is a parent, and a lot of times it is mom who has that open line of communication with their sons, with their daughters, to really be able to speak into that thing that is going on in their kids' lives. And so we got to be sure that we're teaching them the right things. The third thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, teaching moments should promote discernment in our children. Teaching moments should promote discernment in our children. When we're teaching our children, when we're instructing our children, it should help them to become discerning in this world. It should help them to know what is good, what is not. And see, here's the thing. While the world is under the sway and the influence of the wicked one, there's another voice that's crying out. So look with me at verse 20. It says, wisdom calls aloud. Say aloud. aloud. Wisdom is like me. Hello. Aloud. I'm very aloud. Hello. Wisdom cries aloud. She raises her voice in open squares. Where? Open squares? Not in secret, right? In open squares, she cries out in the chief concourses. At the openings of the gate in the city, she speaks her words. You see, this world is under the sway of the wicked one, but there is another voice that is crying out. There is another voice that is crying out. Wisdom isn't whispering, hello. Wisdom isn't hiding somewhere. Wisdom is not somewhere where it cannot be found or it cannot be heard. But here is the question. Is wisdom, the voice of wisdom, being heard in your home? Is the voice of wisdom being heard from your mouth? 
is the voice of wisdom being seen in your behavior? Is the voice of wisdom seen during the testing of your faith? Is the voice of wisdom being heard through the advice that you're offering? Wisdom is crying aloud, not just to our children. Wisdom is crying aloud to all of us. At all times, wisdom is raising her voice. And I like the fact that it gives the, the it, wisdom her, she, right? It, 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 it almost makes wisdom feminine in this context. Look at, look at what wisdom is saying. Wisdom is saying, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Turn at my rebuke. You know what we do when we, when we feel rebuke? We run. We reject it. Someone corrects us, we don't want to be corrected. A message like this, oh, I can feel the discomfort, and it's okay. I'm good with it. We don't want to be corrected. We don't want to be told that, man, maybe, maybe wisdom isn't really being heard in my home. Maybe, 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 maybe I'm drowning out wisdom in my home. Maybe I'm the foolish voice in my home. Maybe I'm the one that is, that is dissenting from what God is communicating in my home. Maybe I'm the one that needs to repent. We don't want to hear that because we came to church to feel good about ourselves, didn't we? Bishop was supposed to make us feel good. We were supposed to get flowers, Bishop. You're beating us up. Don't worry. You're going to get the flowers later. Amen. Because I, well, the ladies, guys, you know, you're, you're, it's tough luck, but you don't want flowers anyway, right? Amen. <laughs> but none of us wants to turn. But what, but what, is, what does the, the scripture say? Turn at my rebuke. Repent is what he is saying here. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Do you hear the heart of God speaking? Wherever we're at, no matter whether we're in our homes, whether we're at school, whether we're at work, whether we're on the highway, come on now. Wisdom is crying out. Wisdom is saying, turn at my rebuke. Listen to what I am saying. This is the gospel message, is it not? The, the reality is that we are all born into sin, and we all want to turn away from God. We all want to do our own thing. We all want to live how we want to live. And because of that, the scriptures say in the book of Proverbs that there is a way that seems right to a man, but his end, the end is death. And so all of us are living in this world, and we have choices that we have to make. But our propensity, right, our natural, our first inclination, run from rebuke. Our first inclination, live for ourselves. Live for how we want to live. What is one of the first words that kids learn? Mine. I mean, they, they, they say, I, I, don't, I don't know the age, but it's, very, it's, it's not very young. It's kind of old, right, like that kids actually learn how to share. It shows they're, they're bent towards sin, right? It shows, they're, it, it shows the, the natural way that we want to go. And the older we get, come on now, we just learn how to act like we want to share. Come on. I still haven't learned. I'm, I'm just letting you know. I won't fake it. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just confessing my sin to you. But, 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 but the gospel is that the way 
that, that seems right to us is a way of death. And that death is, is eternal, separation from God. But what does Jesus do? Jesus dies on the cross to intercept us from experiencing death, to offer us life. He sheds holy blood. Doing what? Crying out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Again, wisdom, crying out, don't continue in your sin. Don't continue in your rebellion. Don't continue in your pride. Don't continue in your open-mindedness. Turn to the narrow path. Turn to the one who died to give you new life, to give you a new name, to give you a new idea. That's what he calls us to do. He calls us to turn. And so, again, we have this picture here of turning. But look at, look at, look, look at what happens. Verse 25. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then, then they will call on me. Anybody been in that then moment? You don't want to listen to God's rebuke the whole time. You, want to, you don't want to listen to wisdom calling you, and, and then you decide to go your way, do your own thing, and then all of a sudden you feel like, I, listen, I don't know about anybody else in this room. I can only talk about myself. I cannot tell you how many times I sit down after something goes wrong, and I think about every single t- chance I had to do something different. I think about every single thing I could have done to make that situation not the way that it was if I would have just done this. And all the things that were sitting there literally crying out at me in the moment, and I was just a fool. But that's just me. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. Man, those are tough words. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Why? Because wisdom was saying, turn, come to me, find life, find direction, find the blessing that God has for you. Instead, you chose to do your own thing. Now, after things go wrong and things are all jacked up, you want to turn around and say, God, give me wisdom and rescue me. He's like, ah, you got to reap what you sowed. It's one of my dad's favorite statements, right? You, you, can, you can't pray for crop failure. Hello. God is not mocked according to the book of Galatians. A man will reap what he sows. Moms, if you're sowing words of life into your kids, if you're sowing wisdom and instruction from God, you may not see it right now, but there will be a day you will reap it. Amen. And if you don't, it's on them, not you. You can't go wrong sowing the way that God calls you to sow into their lives, right? We each have to make those decisions, right? And so again, then they will call, I will not answer. But why is it that he doesn't answer? Because he's mean, right? Why why, why doesn't he answer? Because he's mean, he's ruthless, he's harsh, he's he's an unjust God. No, no, no. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. That's why. Because they hated the knowledge of God. They hated what God decreed and what God declared. Verse 30, they would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For turning away, for the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely. And will be secure without fear of evil. You see, the fact is this. 
It is much easier to discern the voice of wisdom in the world when it has been training you at home. It is much easier. It is much easier to hear the voice of wisdom in this world when that voice has been with you at home all the time. Moms, you need to pray for wisdom. You need to pray that God lets his voice of wisdom be heard through you to your children, that those words of wisdom are inscribed in their hearts, that when they go out there and they decide they're going to go to the club because they're crazy, that they hear you in the club with them. Come on now. (laughs) That when they're out there getting high, when they're out there getting drunk, when they're out there being silly and being foolish, there's a voice that won't. It sounds like mommy. Uh -uh, It's the Holy Ghost. Hello. That was the Lord in, in your mom speaking to you. That's what we want. I don't know about it. That's what I want. I want my kids to go to sin and be like, man, I can't get that voice out of my head. Hello. I can't even enjoy this sin because what? Because I've been speaking that word into their life. And they know that that is sinful. That is ungodly. See, here's the thing, church. Moms, we cannot ensure that our children will heed the voice of wisdom, but it shouldn't be because we didn't model it for them. And so here's the thing, if you are a rebellious mom, if you're a rebellious parent, man, repent today. Don't walk in in your own wisdom any longer. Humble yourself before God Almighty so that way the wisdom of God can be heard in and through you and your children. What is the most, I said this earlier, but I want to repeat this, the most important wisdom is that which leads us to faith in Christ. I want to read a portion of scripture to you, and I'm getting ready to close in this. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 25, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of of the prudent. And then verse 20 says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Are you hearing me? I want you to know, we haven't gotten any smarter. You know, all of the lies, especially the religious lies, they are, they are all as old as dirt. And not only are they old, but they've all been refuted. I'm just saying. For since, verse 21, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, but it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and and the weakness of God is stronger than men did you hear that verse 24 But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. There's no greater wisdom than that that is found in Christ Jesus. 
There is no greater wisdom than that that is found in the one who died on the cross and rose again from the grave. That is the wisdom of God. That is the wisdom of God that is crying out, always turn to me. I don't want you to experience death. I don't want you to experience heartache. I don't want you to experience pain. In this world, you're going to have those things all by themselves. Don't walk yourself into the trap you're setting for yourself. Don't be so open-minded that you're naive to the truth of what God's word says. See, in addition to us modeling what it looks like to be to heed wisdom, we need to have these real conversations about the things that are going on within our world. See, what, what the writer of the book of Proverbs was doing, he was speaking to what was going on in their culture at that time. And church, we have to be bold and willing to speak about the things that are going on in our culture. And moms, again, a lot of these conversations will be had with you and not with dad. We have to be bold to speak the wisdom of God about the situations that are going on in our culture as it shifts to be more ungodly. But why is this so important? Because here's the thing. When you don't let wisdom come out, when you're not speaking about these issues, you know who's speaking? Well, that other foolish voice is speaking. And you know what happens when, when the wisdom of God is, is, is communicated? It sounds like narrow-mindedness. It sounds like hate. It sounds like intolerance. Have you heard any of those words in our days? No, not at all, right? None of those words have been applied to Christianity. None of those words have been applied, been applied to being a Christian. But the reason is because we have not stood firm in the truth the way that we should. We have not communicated evil is still evil. Two plus two equals four, no matter how open-minded you are. But the truth of God is supposed to be what? It's supposed to be truth. It's supposed to be righteousness. The reason why we live this way is because we love God. Because we love him more than we love this world. Because we love him more than anything that this world can offer us. And so here's my closing question for the moms first and then for everybody else in the room. Are you living your faith and taking advantage of teachable moments? Are you living your faith and taking advantage of those teachable moments to help instruct your kids in the way that they should go? I'm going to ask you guys to do something if you would. There's moms all around this room. So if you're a mom, I want you to stand up really quickly. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to get around these moms. Everybody else who's not a mom, if you're not standing, I want you to get around these moms that are around you, wherever they are. And I want you to lay hands on them while I pray for them because I want us to pray for these moms. So get around them somehow. You got to move around. I know. Stretch out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get around a mom. Get around a mom. Lay hands on a mom. Put your hand on her shoulder. You know, put her hand on her back, on her head, whatever. Don't mess up her hair. Um, no head, just shoulders, shoulders. We're going to keep it at the shoulder, all right? Hallelujah. Father, we're grateful today for the moms in this room and for the moms that are online that are watching us, Lord God. And so by faith, I pray for them as well. Father, in this moment, I pray that you would strengthen these moms as we, as we watch the video and in the introduction, Lord God. We know that being a mom is not easy. Being a mom is a difficult thing, and, and Lord God, we know that there are, there are heartaches, there are difficulties, there are trials that are, that are with motherhood that, that if you're not a mom, you won't understand them. 
And so, Lord, I pray for these moms that you would give them the strength that they need, that you would fill them with your spirit, that you fill them with your presence, your power, that you would make yourself known to them in a mighty, mighty and powerful way. Lord God, that you would give them the boldness, that you would give them the courage, that you would give them the wisdom, Lord God, to walk in, in, uh, walk in, in, in a contrary way to the ways of this world, that they would be bold voices, that they would be wise voices, that, that they would that they would pick and choose those moments that you lead them to, Lord God, that they would not just be a, a wrecking ball in their homes, but Lord God, that they would be builders of their homes, that they would be wise women. I pray for moms in this room that feel like failures, Lord God. I pray for moms that, that feel like they've, man, Lord, they've blown it and they, they have no opportunity. God, may you give them the strength that they need to know that they are a new creation in you in this moment. That, 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 Lord God, no matter what has gone wrong, no matter where they have fallen short, Lord, let them be strengthened in the mighty name of Jesus. Fill these moms with your presence, Lord God. Father God, I pray for young moms, Lord. I pray that you would be with them. Give them wisdom as they raise up this next generation, as they instruct them, Lord. I pray, Lord God, for, for unity in homes, Lord God, unity in, in, in parental units, Lord God, to build the faith, to build the strength of this next generation, Lord. Father, we thank you so much because you are a gracious and faithful God. We give you all the glory, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Amen, amen. You can give the Lord a hand of praise. He's worthy.